Double jab and a right to the body from Kyle White. Hard right to the body from White. Oh, a big right hand from Yates, and down goes White. Now, that could be a punch that could open something up. He saw an upset in the first fight. Could this be our second upset? Hard right over the top. White seems to be in trouble. See if he can hold on. Yates just winding up and winning shots. That right hand was another swing. Oh, a left gets it from... Fatherwood Drives You podcast. Oh man, I've been looking forward to this a long time. Got my brother Pete here today. Flew from Virginia Beach, Virginia, 3,000 miles away. We'll we'll uh, break it down on how that all came about, how I'm in Bakersfield. You've been in uh, the VA. But today we have Pete Yates, great husband, father, obviously brother, business owner at Yates Flooring, collegiate baseball player, professional boxer, owned boxing or beach boxing gym. Boxing trainer, fought professionally as a middleweight, but he comes into the podcast today as a light heavyweight. Welcome, Pete Nasty Boy Yates, <laughs> aka Mike. Peter Mike. LaFleur from Peter Yates Flooring. Peter LaFleur from Yates Flooring. Oh, man. So, yeah, we'll start off. What's the most exciting thing in your life right now? Probably being here, right? Yeah, you know it. Being here, we had a good, having a good time. We went to a Dodgers game. That was sweet. That yes. was really nice. Go see some live baseball. That's awesome. To the kids, they loved it. They even got to do the wave. <laughs> yes. I had no idea about the wave. So I know. You cool. know, my boys are all into baseball, seven and ten. You brought your uh you brought your granddaughter and your daughter Sophie. My granddaughter, my yeah, I got a bunch of six grandkids, nine kids, including the stepkids. So Man. Man, big family, big family. I always tell we don't die, we multiply. Yeah, no stretch marks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know, man. So yeah. Let's start from the beginning, man. Where, where were you born? Um, you know, start there. I was born in North, North Virginia in uh, 74. And then um, pretty much, you know, mom and dad were together for, um, good, I think, 18 years. And then um, baseball was um, first love. Just go ahead and start off with sports. Yeah. That's pretty much sports and my kids. That's all I got. <laughs> and I'll let you take the floor, so to speak. Oh, <laughs> Peter, taking the floor? <laughs> Where your knee pads? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, dad was real big in, in uh, playing baseball. So and by him, and he always boxed with me and played baseball. Yeah, he always get on his knees and let me throw some hands at him, and he always block punches and taught me good defense. And then uh, always he really taught me how to pitch. Yeah, so we always worked on pitching. We had a big backyard, big magnolia tree, and yeah, dad built a pitcher's mound back there. And uh, we had a good little setup growing up. Yeah, it was pretty cool. We worked on work on pitching, and up, um, you know, t-ball, uh, little league, then and then um, going to high school, you know, went undefeated as a pitcher in uh, my senior year, which was to hold the record for that. Somebody else, had, I was nine and zero. Someone else is nine and one. 
How, we were talking about this the other night. How fast were you throwing in high in high school? Uh, I was throwing in the upper eighties. Then when I went to college, I was throwing in the low nineties. But I'm only a tall five eight, <laughs> and usually pitchers are supposed to be six six plus. And so when I went to college, I, my coach was like, uh, "You can either throw side or submarine, or you can go home." So I th- threw submarine. <laughs> Man, that's, I tell yeah. I teach my son. He hurt his arm throwing the sidearm. But you know, how do you get away with with doing that? You know, and how do you learn how to do that? Well, if you want to play, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you got to be tall, six four, lefty. You know. Yeah. And you were five eight, and you tried out for majors, right? Or- yeah, I tried. I mean, it was, it was. It's not really hard to try out for majors, really. But you know, you go out to they have like tryouts. I had a couple tryouts, man, but they went pretty good. But you know, you got to be throwing gas, and I wasn't throwing that much gas. Everybody, you know, ninety. When you're going out for tryouts, 90 miles an hour is kind of average for the guys. So, right. I mean, I did pretty good up until, until I got to the the next level. But some of those guys still haven't hit balls that landed yet. So <laughs> <laughs> that was like 30 years ago. I was the same way when I was when I pitched at yeah. Highland, man. Threw some straight meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't leave nothing hanging for those guys. <laughs> so yeah, so your baseball career ended a little early. Oh, yeah. And that pretty much hurt because baseball is my life. And then um, once I got done with, realized that was over with because my grades suck. So so uh, once I realized that was over, I kind of went back home. And uh, and then we, I was always getting fights at bars and, and uh, fights pretty much parties. So uh, I met this guy, Frank. My buddy Frank, and uh, he lived next door to a guy who was fighting in a main event at um at a you know a big a big spot they were throwing on fights at downtown Norfolk, and uh, I went to go watch him fight, and it was a main event, and he, he won. It was sweet, yeah. And then uh, we went high on afterwards, and uh, I was like, man, I really want to do that. I want to I want to fight. And he was like, you know how many people tell me that? He said, well, show up Monday. And uh, we'll go from there. If not, just don't talk about it the rest of the night, please. <laughs> <laughs> what so, gym was Frank at? Huh? What gym was Frank at? No, Frank Frank didn't go to the gym. Oh, gotcha. Uh, Frank just lived was... next door to him. Right. Then he happened to be fighting in a main event. And uh, it was for like a title fight, too. So it was, oh, it was my first fight I ever seen in, in person. Yeah. And then uh, I hung out with him. And then I ended up going to the gym that Monday. And uh, we trained for like a year. And then I got my per- first pro fight. So I'll that was pretty cool, that, yeah. Man. That was so cool. I got to cool. train with some guys, man, because I, I took Taekwondo when I was a kid. And, um, you know, I tra- I, I trained in, um, you know, Mama dropped me off at tournaments. Going there. And it was, I was a Karate Kid first game out. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if you guys remember Karate Kid. Of course. I mean, Go on. And there's Cobra Kai out now. So yeah, but this was. Uh, brought the, back. <laughs> so it was um, the first, first. Um, the first tournament I was in, like a it was a point system, so I, I won that. I won that. I was only a white belt. I was only first second week, so that was pretty cool. But then, um, but then, um, you, you fought see, a girl too. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that. a couple of tournaments. Yeah, I fought a I fought a girl one time, and and uh, she was long and skinny and freaking. She's not my headgear. I don't know if you know about Taekwondo headgear, but they suck. <laughs> at, that, at that time, she, she might. She had my headgear and it turned just this way. And by the time I got it back here, she was over here kicking me again. And uh, she whipped my tail, man. She beat my ass. You weren't, were you taking it easy on her or no? No, I couldn't find her. <laughs> <laughs> I want, I didn't want to. Yeah, I couldn't find her. So, <laughs> so, um, 
So I lost. I was I was crying out of embarrassment. Yeah. Not because she hurt me. I was like, couldn't. F- it was just the craziest thing ever, man. <laughs> you yeah. just sitting there like, boom, 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 boom. And then, um, so then uh, on the on the way home, I we just left. I was like, let's go, mom. And this car pulls up next to next to us and she rolls the windows down. You won third place. Here's your trophy. I was like, throw it in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! No way! <laughs> no, I was so embarrassed. But then I did fight another girl for this this Korean girl because it's Korean karate, and uh, she um, she started throwing front kicks at me and knocked me right out of the ring. I was like, oh no! So I had to do back kicks the whole time. But I ended up doing back kicks to her front. That's a, you know, um, the counter counter punch, so right. to speak. For counter move, yeah. yeah. Is this back kick? So I ended up winning that one. I was, I'm not losing again. Yeah. But at 12 years old, it was kind of like an even playing field for them. But right for us, but it was pretty, pretty crazy. But, but then I had my first pro fight at home, and I'm gonna tell you what, fighting at home is like probably the hardest thing you could do because you can't lose. Right. And you get your nerves are racked. And after I won the fight, I got not a guy on the third round, and. I think after that, I was like, man, I don't think I ever want to do that again. <laughs> I think I'm good. You know, I just rather train. How and long then, did you train up to that fight? Uh, it was probably for a year. But I was training with a, a lot of guys that um, didn't take it easy. Right. Yeah, they, they don't take it easy on you um, when you're when you're fighting pro. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's all or nothing. I mean, some guys help, help me get to a certain point, but after a while, it's you know they don't take it easy on you. So that's about, probably the best way to learn. Definitely. Figure out if this is what you want to do or not. So, uh, what, what was your weight? And uh, uh, I think it was one fifty four at that time. One one fifty four, one fifty six. Yeah, man. I remember watching watching on tape VHS. Yeah, like a hundred times, and he posted on YouTube and social media, and you get to relive that. You know, fifteen years later. But how freaking cool, man! There was a ton of people there. Yeah. All people that we knew that are pretty much brothers and tight friends growing up. So cool. Well, I ended up opening up my own gym and I promoted like 16 pro fights in Virginia. And then I promoted a lot of amateur fights, but, um, I was uh, known as uh Pete Yates undefeated. I was one to know. Pete, Pete nasty boy. How'd you come up with the name? Nasty? Uh, I don't boy? know. Somebody made it up, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, after, you know, I, we don't want to document that piece of it. <laughs> well, it was just pretty funny because uh, that was in like 1980, 1998 or, eight, eight or 99. And I opened up my gym in 2001. And then I had a gym for about four years. And then um, I got some trouble. I did a couple of years in prison. And then uh, I got out and then was struggled for a while. Struggled for a good 10 years. But I got back into coaching again which is pretty cool. And I started coaching at an MMA gym and there was uh, a lot of MMA fighters, but I just, I just coached them boxing. So that was pretty cool. And I ended up having a boxing class and teaching kids, uh, or teaching, you know, people boxing. And then I started um, having my own little amateur team. <clears throat> I had some really good amateur fighters, but I got to coach like Antoine Britt and a guy named uh, Matt Van Buren. Both of them won seasons of uh, Ultimate Fighter, the Antoine Britt one season eight of um season eight of ultimate fighter yeah and then um but he fought um he fought for strike force and got to fight in st louis and a lot mm-hmm. of the big places i got to you know be looking across the cage at uh, anderson silva he fought um phase i can't remember his uh his full name phase yeah cool. so you brought him the stand the boxing aspect of yeah the boxing yeah, yeah they have boxing boxing muay thai jiu-jitsu and wrestling 
You better be good at two of them. Great at the, the other two. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, ended so, up owning your own jam too, right? Yeah, I own, own my own jam. But then I um I was like, I can't be undefeated anymore. I gotta at least have I at least gotta be have two pro fights. Mm -hmm. So in like 2011, I started training again. I was kind of coaching myself and Antoine Britt decided to work my corner. I took this fight in Philly and I fought this, I forgot the guy's name. Kyle White, I think his name Kyle was. Kyle White, yeah. 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 And he was a running back for um for um Delaware State or something like that. Mm -hmm. Big big white boy. He was yeah, he looked he looked bigger than he like he looked like yeah, a linebacker. He was, one, <laughs> he was 175. We were both 175, but he was I think he had to drop weight. And I I had probably had to gain weight to get 175, but it was pretty cool because uh I was supposed to, if you fight out of town, you gotta kill the guy to so to win, I mean that's the just judge, the way. Yeah, don't leave it to the judges. Yeah, don't right? leave it to the judges. And I, I did drop him in the first round, which I was amazed. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's just kind of shocking. Not, not that I wasn't didn't think I could beat him, but I, I dropped him in the first round. But uh, for some reason, I got headbutted in the back of the head, and I had a big old gash right here. But um, I, I broke his nose. I had white shorts on, and they were. I don't know if they were. Yeah, yeah I was completely bloody. Yeah. Yeah, you had those black shoes on, and it looked like. When you're watching it, you're just digging in the sand and just throwing freaking shots, man. Just hey, well, I bought these. Uh, it was uh, look at power shots. I was used to um, having like lighter shoes on, so I was gonna you know float a little, float a little bit. And uh, I put I bought these Jordans, and they'd be on like bricks. So I was like, oh, sh I'm gonna stand here. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I I did lose a decision to that, but I still I'm pretty. I feel like I won the fight. It was a close fight, but then I fought two more times. Fought in South Carolina on a main event for some some. For some guy, that was, I I I know I won that fight, but and then I took another fight where I wasn't really doing good in life at that time, and uh, I I lost. I just got hit in the belly and went down and got paid. But, <laughs> yeah. um, so, speaking of that, man, I wanted to talk about our time. So you're a boxing promoter, and uh, we'll go into why you know you're in Virginia and I'm in Bakersfield. But you came out to Temecula, California, and you brought Kevin Hall, and yeah, you were promoting was, at the time. I was managing fighters too. I managed fighters too, and Kevin Hall was uh. He was the guy that I wanted to go see fight who got me into boxing. Yeah, we know Kevin. Really and well. uh yeah. yeah. He um yeah, he fought on the Vernon Forest undercard. Vernon Forest uh Mayorga. Mayorga. Yeah, yeah, we sort of cigarette. cigarettes yeah, off yeah, yeah, That's pretty cool. But um yeah, I went to get Kevin on uh, went out there to make some money. Pretty I, much is all it was. <laughs> I know. I was nervous. So I was I was a water bucket boy. I got to be on the ringside that time. And I was I thought I was so cool by doing that. So I got to go up to the bucket, and I think I was there for 30 seconds, yeah. and then that was it. <laughs> Kevin got hit by a body shot, took his knee, and never got back up. And then we went to the after party, and you know they got all the guys, Vernon Forrest, Carlos Mayorga, Don King was there. Got to stand right next to him, and I'm, I'm shoot, yeah, 15 was, or 16 yeah, at the time. Yeah, 15 or 16. And, uh, <laughs> luckily, let me do my thing. And well, that was pretty crazy. We got the... We were all dancing with uh, Don King and a whole bunch of other people out there. It was pretty funny. <laughs> Don King remember. would like come with like four girls and then leave and then come back with another four girls. And I was like, this guy is crazy. Yeah. Only in America. Only in America. <laughs> but yeah, that was a cool little trip yeah, that when he came out here, man. Yeah. Temecula was pretty cool. And we went to, um, Kev fought on, uh, my, on the Tyson Lewis undercard too. I got to manage him for that. Yeah. Which is pretty cool where they separated the ring. And uh, Tyson was crazy. If you look at Pete's social media, look at his Facebook, and just go to his album, he has a picture with every person that's uh, involved with boxing or mixed martial arts. So he's got a picture with them. 
And you got to meet up pretty much everyone that has a big name in the, in I, the I figured industry. Pictures were more were better to me than signatures, you know, than yeah, autographs. For sure. <laughs> Nobody but can even tell who who signed it anyways and being to do. Yeah, usually off. I just people think I I knew them or something. I just went up to them next to them. I got a picture. Yeah, <laughs> I know, man. There's a lot of cool ones. Debo pretty, and you know, yeah, Debo. Michael Buffer. I, you can go down the list. Yeah. Everybody. But we're having a good time out here right now. Yeah, yesterday was my birthday. Yeah. So <laughs> our eyes are still a little bloodshot. <laughs> you, uh, you, you'll be here for 12 days. We're on like day seven or eight. I know. Time flies. Yeah, man. It's been fun. Um, but you're out here visiting. Uh, I grew up with you, obviously. Mm -hmm. Brothers. Uh, we had five siblings total. And, you know, break it down. How that how, Your version of it. I can go into my version, but how it all worked out. Um, us being separated. Well, yeah, mom and dad. Um, dad was in the church. Dad was a preacher for um, what I forgot. Ten years. He was also a merchant marine before that. He was a so, he was a, um, a principal at a Christian school. As yeah, well. he was a merchant marine, and he stopped doing that because he wanted to be home with the family because they he'd go out for six months at a time. So he uh, he wanted to be a, a preacher. He got really strict in the in the being a Christian and then um yeah became a principal of school and um you know started having a bunch of babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um yeah he was a principal for like for several different schools but the the last one he was probably principal there for five or six years if I can remember right. It was in the early eighties so yeah late seventies, early eighties. But um but yeah. then uh this guy John Jimenez was um the head preacher, he wanted, um, he was doing a lot of television stuff back then. And, and, um, dad wanted to focus on the school. And then for some reason they had an argument over that. And, uh, that set him off. And the, John Jimenez fired my dad and or fired dad. And then, um, he, he went on the deep end off after that, which is pretty crazy. He, he went from a preacher to an alcoholic, then to an alcoholic, to a crackhead alcoholic, <laughs> right? which is pretty drastic change especially when you're between 13 and 16 to have that happen you know it's pretty crazy so yeah got to see both sides of life right and yeah. um yeah i was five at the time five or i was like four when they divorced and uh anyways they had they split up yeah it started a separation because um that was crazy and mom had to deal with a bunch of bunch of stuff so she ended up uh going to a high school reunion and then met our our stepdad Carlo and he mom took you uh Jesse and herself and and Brett and, uh, Brett and uh, moved to California which I and which left was you good, and Jenny back yeah, yeah which is right. good well, me and Jenny were already in high school we weren't leaving I was pretty much on my own anyway so right it, I didn't want to leave you know I had a girlfriend and everything so I, but yeah you'd learn to be a provider at an early age. And so Pete's 10 years older than me, and for a while, I pretty much didn't feel like I had a dad. And so Pete was like my dad. So uh, when I, we came here on a train, it took us three days, me, Jesse, and Mom, and Brett, and came back to, <laughs> we went from Virginia Beach, Virginia, walking distance to the ocean, to South Bakersfield. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't, I wasn't too thrilled about it for a long time. Well, I got to go back and see you and spend every summer with you. And uh, I live with you. You had your own house. You had your own, you know, operation going on. 
and uh, yeah, and I was just idle, looked up to you, man. And I was just so confused growing up of uh, you know, why is this happening? And it, it was off, and everything happens for you though, so yeah, it all ended up we're doing good now, but it was a crazy thing to watch and experience. And we've been through yeah, a lot of shit. It was crazy for, for you to come down and see some of the parties, <laughs> <laughs> just had a good time. A lot of you know, a lot of friends always had a lot of big parties. So I don't know how great that was, but that was I got to meet a lot of people. <laughs> got to meet a lot of people. So and I'll make a lot of connections in 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 the area. So all worked out. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, yeah, we got to yeah. So we had um, you know us over there. Then we had you. You were ten years older than me. Then Jenny. Yeah, who's eight years older than me, and then Brett. Five years older than me, than me, than than Jesse. But yeah, we unfortunately got split up because of, you know, honestly, dad's actions. Yeah. And, and I don't want to sit here and, and bash him, but you know, if he would have maybe got his shit kept his shit together, who knows how it would have turned out. Yeah. I think things would have been a lot different, but I don't know. Some people have some mental problems, man, and they just can't get over, it, but get too far into drugs and alcohol, man, just things ain't gonna go good. So Yeah. Remember you always telling me that. Watch somebody that does drugs and three months out of their life, three months down the road, they're going to end up losing some stuff that's important to them. That means a lot to them. And so yeah. I've always got that in the back of my head. Why? Why are you buying? <laughs> <laughs> Man, so uh, yeah, talk about your business. How's, uh, how's uh, long you been in business for Yates Flooring? And well, how's it going? And well, I started off how my tough has that journey been? Well, I started off my buddy Van. I was in and out of actual fighting and training. And uh, I ended up being a, I was a helper for my buddy Van because I was trying to coach. But, you know, I needed something else to pay the bills. So I always had kids. You know, I had my oldest daughter, Casey. And um, then I had, then I had um, Ryan, Kayla, and PJ. So... I always had to, oh, you know, make some money. Try to after I got in trouble, I couldn't make money the way I was making money. So it was really hard to get my get life back going again. Yeah, and I uh, try to figure. I had to rediscover myself when I when I was like twenty five. So, um, oh, it might have been thirty. I don't know, but anyway, uh, so I was a helper for my buddy Van. Make a long story short, I was I actually quit. I quit. Doing flooring to go back and get my ass wet. Because <laughs> it's rough. Yeah, scraping on floors suck. But I ended up sticking with Van for like a good four years straight to learn everything. And then I got my own van. The My wife, Lena, helped me get a, get a van because I had no money. And she helped me get a van. I got my tools. And then I, I went on my own. I got my license and got, you know, my workman's comp and all that good stuff. And then started on my own. And then I started making more money every year. And then actually, the guy Van who got me into flooring, we teamed back up back together now, and now we're doing really good. Now we're really good. So yeah, it all no, that worked out really right good. They're doing really well, man. Proud of you. Too. I can actually take a week off and not and still be making money. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I hate to dive into it, but you know, when when we left, you know, you had to find out how to make money, <laughs> and so you had to do whatever it take. Yeah, whatever it took, and. I just fly back and see some shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even know uh, if you want to even talk about it. I'll let, leave it up to you. But, you know, I got to really see a lot. <laughs> well, we, um, well, 
you know, dad, not really, he'd come up with money, but he'd be smoking crack. So he don't want to give any of his money up and let this kind of hang high and dry for a little bit. So I started selling weed. Yeah. Started selling dime bags, riding a bike around selling dime bags. And then everything always progresses. And then they say, hey, you're making money. And then uh, I remember uh, I started selling Coke. But I didn't, I, I didn't agree with Coke. I didn't like cocaine at all. I was against it. But one of my buddies was on the run. He was a good friend of mine. And me and everybody, were, and my and dad, was, actually dad was there. We were watching TV and they were like, yeah, this guy's wanted for selling Coke. He was at our house. <laughs> so he left me like a, a quarter key or some, something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was. And, and then he, we had some buddies take him off and go hide him somewhere. He ended up coming back and getting in trouble, but that's how I started selling that. And then, uh, yeah, nothing good happens after that, really. <laughs> yeah, it took a downward spiral. But we had, it was a crazy downward spiral, I guess. We had, had a lot of fun, but... Man, for a while, you are on top of the world. I used to fly back, man. Yeah. You always had just, uh, you know, the nicest stuff, and you're obviously pretty big time in that that department and just making some making money, man. It just, it was just, um, I learned a lot from it. There's not really regrets, but there's a lot of things I'd have done different, but yeah, I wasn't a good example for a lot of people. So I know, man, like I said, you know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> I looked up to you as a dad, as a role model, everything. And, but you know, to get back, we're doing well now. And you know, that's, that's, that's in the rear view, but it, it is important to have good mentors. And I just didn't know what a good mentor was. And, you know, I'm not blaming you or nothing like that. It's just the way it was. And I am who I am because of it. But, you know, by seeing that, that's all I wanted to do, do too. You know, I wanted to sell weed. I wanted to have that four-story house and have the Lexus and the yeah. Explorers and the Expeditions and, and uh, you know, that live that life. Yeah. My, and, everything's fun again until somebody gets in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was doing my thing and I was getting in my own trouble as well. And then you got in that, the big hit. Well, you got sentenced to prison, man. And I just, you know, that's when I stopped and tried to look for a new mentor and uh, yeah. <laughs> a new, new path in life, yes. you know, but, uh, they, a pretty, pretty tough scenario there for you. Yeah. It just, uh, prison sucked because, uh, I was not even in a prison. I was in like a jail and it was, um, you didn't see it. You didn't go outside. So I was in inside for two years. So. Yeah. And that's why I will never not be tan again. <laughs> I will hit the tanning bed. But um yeah, it was just uh being away from your kids that long is is tough. I lost custody of my kids and, and my excuse me, my wife at the time, she was uh she was on drugs real bad. And um we lost custody of the kids. That was pretty rough. Right. But so you have Casey, Kayla, Pete Jr., PJ. And yeah, Ryan. And Ryan. And then uh, now we got Sophie. Mm -hmm. And then our grandbabies, Jace. Um, I'm trying to go through all of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How many grandkids does mom have? I think 23. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm I trying don't... to count mine right now. I, mean, I, know <laughs> yeah. I know we got Rosie, Levi, Jace, yep. um, Lee, um, Lele, and... Ava, yeah, JJ, yeah, so yeah, like I said, we don't die, we multiply. I, know, man. Yeah. Man, I should have brought a list in here, yeah. not good under pressure. <laughs> no, uh, I remember growing up, man, and just you know, back that like, you're friends with the Toro Gotti, too. Yeah, I got to hang out with him a lot. I mean, I think you got to hang out with a lot of people, too, but I was pretty cool because uh, the gym that I was training in, 
was uh, Lou Duva's camp was training in there, and, and Pernell Whitaker's from Norfolk, and uh, I got to be trained. Not I say with him, I got, I was in the same gym as him. My my camp was training with around his camp, and I got to see a lot of the, a lot of uh, a lot of big time fighters, especially with uh, that was when uh, Pernell Whitaker was fighting Cesar Chavez. And uh, Arturo Gotti was getting ready to fight for his first world champion championship. And um, so I got to see him train up to that point and then go win it and then come back. And then when he came back, we, we were hanging out. That was, that was really awesome. That was really cool. And uh, he was a really nice guy. But to see somebody actually win the title like that was pretty cool. But also, um, when you think you're a good baseball player, for example, and then you go to college... And then everybody's twice your size and twice as good as you are. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you're doing, uh, Vernon Forrest was in that camp too. And I'm jumping rope. And Vernon Forrest is standing next to me just, you know, just, yeah. they see next a level. guy's athletic abilities. Like, oh man, jeez. I'm like, like an old, you know, candle with this guy. But it's, it was pretty cool. We got the, we did hang out and do Getting some, uh, get some trouble. <laughs> Good. No legal trouble, but uh, I was, yeah. I was watching back some YouTube videos. You can go check them out. You can see his fights on there too. But I know uh, you hung around a lot of black people growing up. So did I. And uh, one of the black guys said, "Man, Pete, you the whitest black guy I know." <laughs> yeah, that was that was uh, that was Antoine Britt. I take it as a compliment. Oh, for sure. Man. Yeah, I know. It's just uh. I guess growing up that age, you never, we don't even think about racism ever. And it's kind of, it's kind of frustrating when people, you know, talk about it. It's it's not, it doesn't make sense to me, but yeah, man. So would you say that dad had a part of you getting into boxing at all? Yeah. Well, dad used to always be on his, uh, on his knees and, uh, cause he was a firm believer that you should know how to fight. Right. Just defend yourself. What was his motto? Punch first. Hit first, ask questions later. Yeah, always. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember um, I wanted to go to a dance, and uh, he was always nervous to let me go out. So uh, he always he had me like go over some boxing moves before I went, and I went to the dance, and I was sitting on a wall kissing my girlfriend, which was Casey's mom, and a guy hit me with a quarter roll, boom, broke my jaw. It was separated like that, <clears throat> but I did not. I think I was out for a second, but I got up and chased the guy like, he went that way. So I chased him mm-hmm. and I, <clears throat> the cop that was there, like put me in a headlock and, and broke my jaw work a little bit more. Mm. But when your teeth don't fit in that puzzle, you know, I was pretty bad. I mean, I, that hurt pretty good. So after that, um, I was nonstop training. I was like, I'm not getting my ass kicked like that again. I mean, I, it wasn't like I, he squared up and I got beat up. But, right. But after that, uh, I was like, no, nah, I'm going to start training. And getting ready. That was like my, you know, you train as a kid and then you start training as an adult. So right. I always wanted to make sure I was ready to go. Cause, um, this, for some reason, there was a lot of fights back then. Yeah. There wasn't as many shootings as there are now. People actually fought. Right. And, um, uh, so after that, you got my jaw broke. You think that, uh, you wouldn't want to fight again after you get your jaw broke, but I, I did. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it's just in the blood, you know. It was a good way to get things out too. Right. Yeah. Get out frustrations. And then plus people think you've got a pro fight coming up. You seem like you're a lot cooler guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just stupid. But, I know all the all the bad shit I saw. We also did train a lot. And yeah. I got to see a lot of cool stuff as well. 
Like, I remember I came back here and I had an accent, talk like this. And <laughs> let's go crabbing in the backyard. And anyways, I got that accent knocked out of me pretty quick. Yeah. I didn't like it too much in South Bakersfield. But, um, you know, after getting my ass kicked too quite a few times, um, I started wanting to train with you too. And I, I looked up to you in that aspect as well. So I went back there and we pretty much went to the gym, you know, four or five days a week to your gym. And uh, we used to run up Mount Rushmore too, or is it uh, Mount Trashmore. Trashmore? Yeah. Yeah. Trashmore. And, yeah. And then um, I built out of anyways, trash. a lot of different training and I learned how to train like a boxer, which is pretty much not, not a lot of weights, just calisthenics, jump rope, hit the bag, push ups, sit ups, pull ups. So yeah, I learned to really, and you're, you're all about speed, less, you know, more power. And I love that way of working out. I still work out that way today. So. Yeah. One, one thing about boxing training is it can get boring. It's just boring because it's the same thing over and over again. So you got to, you just got to suck it up. I still hit the heavy bags. That's pretty much the only thing I can do where my hands are, my hands are broken. My wrists are broken. I just got my nose fixed. So I'm done, done boxing and getting nose surgeries. No fun. <laughs> no, I'm just to tell you that was the hardest thing. That was one of the hardest things I've had to do. I thought for sure I'd be good after like a week. Cause I got my nose broke a week before fight, the fight in Philly. The one I was telling you about. Oh yeah. This this guy, William Bailey, he clapped me right in the nose, and I didn't know that there was something called a deviated septum. I mean, the inside of my nose is like a grate. So I just made try not to get hit. I think I didn't get hit to the very end, and it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt that bad, but healing did. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't breathe out of one, one, one of these sides. But um, I just got finally got it fixed last year, and it was a nightmare. So I can't really smell that good anymore. I think smell's kind of overrated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think if you can't smell it, sorry, but you know, I'm sorry, but I was like, man, it really stinks in here. I'm like, I can't smell it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it might be me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me know if it's me. <laughs> uh, no, that's cool, man. So, yeah, we had separated three three thousand miles apart, man. It's it was a bummer, but yeah, I got to see a lot of cool stuff and and also see a lot of your down times, man. And it was really tough to watch. But you came out of it. Yeah. And I was getting back up, man. So proud Falling of you. Getting that. back and up. I think You're, everyone in our family's hit some lows and seen a lot, probably too much. Yeah, but there's a lot of other people that have been through way, way worse. Oh, yeah. And that's just the way I look at it, man. I mean, that's, that's all you're always on a journey. And it ain't all going to be fun. Right. <laughs> a lot of it's going to suck. And. A lot of it's going to be self-inflicted pain. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be old and wise unless you're young and dumb. So I trained for boxing, man. I always thought I wanted to be a boxer. Then I went back and and I got to train with, spar with you guys. And, yeah. And I got to spar with Brett. So that's when I really got my confidence up a little bit. <laughs> no, <Yeah. laughs> Brett got windy quick and, you know, I think I got the better of him. But anyways, I got against you and uh, you let me... You know, kind of just practicing your defense, I guess. And I think one went through, and I I caught you a little bit, and all of a sudden you stopped holding back, <laughs> and, and uh, you hit me once. I remember you hit me in the nose, and I was just done. And I was like, Sorry, and, I, and that was that. That was my retirement right there. I never even got started. I sparred with you one time, and I was like, yeah, this ain't for me. I'm gonna yeah, choose, choose golf. That's <laughs> like, um, yeah, a lot of coaches won't even talk to you for the first. You know, six months basically to see if you're gonna stick it out. Me, I like to get them in the, get people in the ring right away. But that was just one of the way I coach. Not not to hurt them, just to, cause you gotta learn how to breathe when you're fighting. Cause everything your your brain tells you to do is wrong. So it's pretty much 
and every other thing, but you gotta learn how to breathe and be be relaxed. You would think that boxing you should be, you know, amped up and mean or crazy, but it's really just being mean, mean and relaxed. Right. So it's it's pretty hard to get there. Only, only way to learn how to get there is just to fight nonstop, train mm-hmm. nonstop. So it's a nerve wracking experience. It was, it, nerves was the worst thing for me, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one you're going to battle. I always talk to these. In Virginia Beach, we have a lot of Navy SEALs. So I always talk to those guys about how do you deal with being on a helicopter on the way to a mission? Mm-hmm. You have to wear a diaper or what? Because <laughs> <laughs> to me, that was the worst part about fighting. It's not necessarily the fight. It's just the anticipation, man. That's, oh, that was so tough. But they all said the same thing. You just got to train. Training. Right. So it's pretty cool. No, I hear that too. And I, I talked about it before how the most dangerous men in the world, MMA fighters, they still have self-doubt and they get nervous before the fights. I remember Dustin Poirier saying, I hate the whole process. I hate this whole thing. It's just in a hotel room and even out of the country in Abu Dhabi. And you know, you're going to have fights coming up and just feel like you're going to throw up anxiety. You can't sleep. And yeah. it's just, it's a lot, you know, so yeah, they, they love the fighting. They love that, but the anticipation up to it is what's tough. And you know, once you get in there and first punch thrown, you're, you're going to be all right. Usually, hopefully. Right. But the nerve or the nerves aspect of it, but it's all good. Did you sleep before your first pro fight? Did you sleep the night before? Oh, probably not that well. Not that well. <laughs> yeah. The, that was just, not, just knowing everybody's going to be there and you're fighting at home. I'd rather fight. That's why the next three fights I had were out of town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can just tell you how great I did when I got back. Yeah. So, but it was pretty, it was exciting. I'm glad I got to experience it because it helped me in a lot of other aspects. But now it's just, you know, work full time. I'm trying to market it, market uh, our flooring brand. Mm-hmm. And I try to keep it simple. We're trying to, we do some commercial work, but we mostly, we do a lot of residential and I just do one type of flooring one or two types of flooring instead of a bunch of it. Because mm-hmm. it's uh, just trying to stick to one thing. Keep things simple. Keep things simple. <laughs> yeah. So uh, owning a boxing gym, or how was that? How was that experience? And would you recommend it? No. <laughs> well, <laughs> Beach we had, boxing. Yeah. yeah, the boxing gym. Not too many people want to box, man. I mean, they, they say they do, but I had a good kids program, which worked out pretty good, but... I'm so I'm a softy when it comes, you know, when it comes to boxing is for, four, you know, not really for the rich people, man. There's there's different kind of like bad classes now that you can do that we didn't know about back then. But most fight most fighters don't have money, so right, of course, come on in. Next thing you know, you're paying the bills. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but I got to work with a lot of kids and I got to help a lot of kids. Not, you know, a lot of the kids I trained went, went to college and, and they probably wouldn't have. So that was, that was pretty cool. I got some good testimonies with that, but oh, uh, the MMA gym though, that was where the money was. That they, they, uh, that they was hybrid. Really, yeah. Hybrid training center. Mm-hmm. It was really good. It was, uh, they had a great jujitsu program, great Muay Thai program. And then of course a great boxing program. Oh man. One of the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then they even had, um, no, I went and watched you, man. You had 40 people in there at a time. Yeah. Like, like 40, 40 people in the class. And Pete was the man. Like uh, we're being humble right now, but Pete is freaking like a legend over, you know, where we're from. And, and anyways, I, I think he's just an amazing human being and it's the biggest heart. If you know him, he always wants to just get back and just nice. It's honest, humble just, guy. Just like to help, just like to help people. Cause I've been help. I've, I've, I've been in need for help too before and I've had some people help me, but 
You see the people I thought were gonna help didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good. It made me made me a better man. And then I met my wife Lena. Yes. Yeah, Lena freaking pulled me out of a gutter, out of the gutter literally, and uh saved my ass. So, you know, that was pretty cool. And yeah, so Lena's here. We call her Lena. There's Peter LaFleur and Lena LaFleur. <laughs> <laughs> Lena LaFleur. Long limb Lena. No, yeah, we we uh she's obviously just we get along. Right on, yeah, right on the money. We believe in the same stuff and, you know, practice the same stuff in life. Yeah. And uh, she's just down to earth, cool, cool human being. So thank God you found her. Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> real. Thank, yeah. She's lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always messing with that. I don't know. What, what's, uh, what was the most, the biggest highlight of your life, you'd say? Uh, aside the kids being born, um, man, I'm trying to think. Coming here? <laughs> no, no, man. We enjoy we enjoy coming here, man. Uh, I don't know, highlight of my life. I don't know if I, it's hard to it's hard to envision. Like if I try to envision like things that I want in life, it's like mm -hmm. I'm just I just know things that I don't want. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Well, what was the, what was your rock bottom of your life? I guess you could say that because everyone knows that. Uh, uh, some sometimes you have a couple. <laughs> well. No, getting getting hard on the drugs because it's just so easy. It's just so, so easy to do things that you think you'd never do before. You know, once you get too down and out. And uh, the low low point in my life was probably uh, shooting up meth. <laughs> yeah, you know, just being a freaking straight bomb, dude. Like you would think you wouldn't know that about me, but it's just so easy once you start on the downward spiral. I'll try this. I'll try this. I'll try this. And next thing you know, you're freaking shooting up some shit. You know, I. I don't even know how to do that. Yeah, and you never really did any, like, blow till you are like, 25, you're talking about? 27, 28. And, um, and that's crazy. You were around it a lot. I was before. around it a lot. Uh, I just yeah. didn't do it. I and then, you. well, my dad was so, dad, or dad was so into it, smoking crack, and I was around these freaking crack whores and all this stuff. Just the craziest stuff you could think about was there. And then I, I got mad at him because we got in a fight one time, or a bunch of times. But I was yeah. like, what is this shit all about? I'm just going to do it. And I did it. Which was like the worst thing I could have done, and then I uh, I was up for like two days. I didn't really like it that much, but but then uh, you just like the smell of it. Just like the smell <laughs> of it, and then you know the females start coming coming into play, and then next thing you know, you're freaking riding that train, and you're high on cocaine. <laughs> hey, they wrote a song about they that. They write a song about that. Yeah. I don't know. No, I was, you know, yeah, we'll die. We're already talking about it. The ice come back there, man, and and. I saw a lot of good. I saw a lot of bad, and heard a lot of good things about dad, and a lot of bad. And I've been trying to figure it out. That's why I created this podcast too. I tried to find what, what my purpose on this earth is, and what I went to do. And uh, you know, digging through my family history, I feel like my story wasn't matching up. I had this thing, story in my head that made sense, and it wasn't even close, accurate. So I love, you know, we talk every single day. You know, I just it's this uh, imagination in my head that dad started drinking at 38 and then it started with that. And then it got led into drugs and his nickname was mad dog 2020. Yeah. He and I came back, I, to go, I had to come back and be a part of that. And he was abusive to mom and abusive to you. And I remember seeing it and then um, just remember him kind of in my, my world, I would see him, I was on mom's side. So I'd see him being a piece of shit and then come back here and being pissed off. And then you guys had to, you know, stay with them. So Kind of like you guys had dad's side and I had mom's side, and then we're always trying to bring them together. Yeah, well, I don't know, man. Just some people go, I don't know what their childhood, <clears throat> I don't know what their childhood was like. So 
And then some people's child, childhood childhoods are good, and then they just end up being one way, and then some, sometimes they're bad. I don't know. Don't seem like uh, the whole family on that side is kind of crazy, man. I don't think some people's wirings just aren't right. That's all. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I'm not making excuses for anybody, but but if they're family, you kind of have to deal with it. So yeah. I just saw, uh, yeah. <laughs> now it's like, stay your ass over there. Yeah. But I just try to, I don't know. I don't know how much kind of stories you want to get into it about that, but. No, we don't have to. I mean, yeah, but, I mean, it's, uh, I just, I forgave him. Right. And, and, the, and the cool thing is, is that my dad, you know, dad was a nightmare for years in my life. And I had to babysit him all the time. But then the last five years of his life, he cleaned up. And he uh, he made things right, tried to make things right anyway, the best that he could. And the last night that we got to hang out with him, it was me and Brett. And uh, I don't know, it was just real peaceful. We were hanging out. We just laughed so hard. We were laughing. We weren't drinking or anything. We weren't smoking anything. I mean, everybody's cool. And then um, then he he he, passed, he he was having breathing problems the next day, and he wanted to go to the hospital. And the thing about it is, is uh. He always wanted to go to the hospital, so he either because he was out of drugs or something, he wanted to go get some something to get a fix. But this time I was like, "We ain't going to the hospital, man. I ain't going." We were watching um, was it uh, Kings of New York? And uh, I just remember forget that movie being on. And then uh, he was like, "I need to go to the hospital." Cause he was kind of like snoring while he was awake. Mm -hmm. I I thought he was just up because he's always did some crazy shit. Yeah. And then uh, all of a sudden he's like, call an ambulance. And then you see a look on his face. I was like, oh, shit. And then next thing you know, he's laying there and that's it. Ball game. Yeah, he died in your arms, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. See the last look on somebody's face. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty rough. Then, after then that didn't help out anything. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like yeah. another downward spiral. Right. And then um, I was just coping with the pain, man. Yeah. Just, I should have dealt with things different, but. Like it all get, worked out now. now. I think that now that I went through all, everything I went through, I think the next here to to the to my end is going to be. I'm just trying to leave a legacy, you know. Exactly. The best that I can. Right. But I waste. I mean, I'm just telling you, I wasted probably 10, 15 years right. of my adulthood. Not so. I feel like I'm making up for it now. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. So, you know, turn. You got to turn the negatives into positives and. Be a freaking man, right? <laughs> yeah, everybody's got excuses, but there's not a reason. <laughs> Listen Something to like Bo the Bo Boston Bean guy, be yeah. a man, <laughs> be a man. No, I'll never forget that, problems. man. Be a um, man. so I didn't talk to dad for like I just feel like 10 years, I don't know the exact timeline, but I remember you know, ignoring his calls and just being upset, being a confused, angry kid. But you know, with my wife, Shantice, we're together for a long time, and she would see him calling. And she would say, why don't you answer that? I was like, no, I just don't want to. I was done talking about it. I had a big wall, wall yeah. up a lot. One day she said, uh, hey, just, she answered the phone for me. And then so she's like, you need to start talking to him more. And I was like, you know, maybe I should. I'm forgiving guys. So started talking a little bit, giving him a little bit of love here and there. And then we started talking more. And next thing you know, he was sober. We were laughing it up. And, you know, he was... Tell Shantice, you know, you're my little exotic queen and just laughing. <laughs> you ever been in an elevator? Is he had a house with the elevator and stuff? So anyways, we started to get in a relationship, building back a little bit, little by little. And then um, he said, why don't you guys fly out and see me? I want you to see me because last 20 time I saw him was not good yeah. at all. It was disastrous, actually. But um, 
Anyways, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll buy tickets. So we did. And, you know, about a month out and, you know, about three days before we we're going to fly out there. That's when he died three days yeah. before. So very unfortunate. Just a lot is, you know, yeah, that was tough, but I, well, he screw always what loved, I went he, through, man. What you went through was just a, a Well, he always loved us. He did. And I think that that downward spiral that I was talking about, it's easy to get into. I think that uh, because mom and things didn't work out with him and mom like he wanted to. And I think the more damage you do to people, and it's not really intent, intentional, then you want to hide the pain with drugs and alcohol and whatever. It's just easy to fall. Once you do two months, it's easy to do four months. And then once... You, Four months, these do a year. And next thing you know, you're you're not doing good at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you gotta hot kill the pain because you're in deeper shit. And then it's just on and on you go. You just gotta get out of it. And usually, all it takes is two, two or three weeks of being clean to figure things out. Right. I'm not saying it'll take you that long to you're gonna stay clean, but yeah, you get your brain back together. But just you know, that's it. But, I know that's probably the biggest tip you could probably give to someone right now. Just Try to try to go a month. Just go, try to go a month. Go, go a day first. Go go a week. Try, yeah, try two. Even my drinking now, I was drinking every night, which can get me in trouble. So now I mean now we just drink like maybe once a month. Right. And I don't do shit but work out and uh and work. Yeah. You know, I make sure my days are filled up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm not good with being bored either. Yeah. Be yeah. <laughs> Idle hands. Right. But all I do is work now and I and I work probably too much, but when you're trying to build something, is there too much work? <laughs> yeah. 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 But we started out from nothing to, to me and my boy Van teaming up because he gets work and I get work. And yeah. we, just, we just freaking. Well, man, have you ever had a boss your whole life? I wanted to ask you. Like, yeah, yeah man. I, I, um, I went to welding school Yeah, twice. Once in high school and then once in t- market crash in 2008. <clears throat> I still owe money for that. <laughs> 15 grand but i i want to pay it off but i'm waiting for them to try to forgive it but yeah we'll see but uh yeah i've had a i did a warehouse for after i got locked up I, when i got released i went out and got this job at this company and uh i did warehouse work and we worked 12 hour days every day monday through sunday and uh it was like being locked up again. I was like, I can't take this anymore. I don't care if I'm doing the same <laughs> thing. I got to be doing same, same thing somewhere else every day. I, I like, I don't like being stationary. So, but um, yeah, I've had a couple of bosses. Got fired a bunch of times <laughs> for being late. One of my, uh, one of my nicknames was uh, running late. <laughs> I got promoted to chief, <laughs> chief running late. I just have the hardest time about being on time. Way better now, but yeah. Yeah, I remember it was uh, the Coach Townsend used to get mad at you or my mom get mad at you. My mom was definitely mad at you. She used to pour buckets of water on your head or spray you well, with the hose to wake you up. Yeah, because I would always <laughs> hang out at night. My my baseball coach, Coach T, he was a big, big uh, impact on my life. But uh, I'd have the principals, vice principal call in my house, make sure I was up in the morning. Because if we have a game, I can't be late. I'd still be late. Mom would throw buckets of water on me and have the car running and all that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, getting up was just rough. It, it, morning's just not. That was one of my questions, too. Would you consider yourself a morning person? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's I'm way joke. better now. It's an absolute joke. I'm way better now, but I just, man, getting up. If we could start the day off around noon, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, hey, I mean, if you sold drugs pretty much your whole life, and then 
when you got locked up, you and you were on top of the world. I mean, you were making really good money, obviously, and kind of king of the world. And then all came to stop. And explain that process of trying to like, you know, have it all and and then starting from scratch and trying to get make money legit. Yeah, it was a nightmare. It's just because you think that you at least make a G a week. Right. Because if you're making like, you know, five grand a week, then you think you at least make a G a week. And then I was only making like 400 a week and gas prices back then were like 450 because of, you know, the, all the stuff that was going on. It was just hard to make money, man. Legit. But you got to be good at something. I wasn't good at anything. I didn't know how to use a wrench. <laughs> right. You know I mean? I, I didn't have to turn any tools. I paid people to fix my cars. I should should have taken auto mechanics or something. So at least figure out the basics. Right. I still don't know anything about it. I know how to change oil and a tire, but other than that, you start telling me what's wrong with the car. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but I don't know, man. Just got to figure things out. Everybody's got their own skills. Yeah. And I, I like to be more on the sales side of things instead of insulation. Cause, but I'm, I'm good at both. Yeah. Good. You're yeah. really good at sales. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, sales for flooring is different than, I mean, it's pretty much, you know, selling somebody something they need. It's being honest and trustworthy and, you know, giving people Doing what, what they you want. Doing what you say you're going to do. Finding a problem and solving that problem. Doing what you say you're going to do. Yeah. Get it done fast and get it done right the first time. You don't want to do it twice because we, <laughs> we do it nice because we do it twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want that one. No. <laughs> yeah. No, so, yeah, you've always, I've always looked up to you because you've been, You've never had a boss. You've always had your own business. And explain the businesses you've had before. You've had. Well, I had a carpet cleaning business. Um, I had a pressure washing business. But everything that I did then, I was doing something else. But now it's just strictly flooring. So. Yeah. So. Peter LaFleur. Peter LaFleur. So uh, I always ask everybody this, but what do you what do you love about Bakersfield? And what's your dream job? <laughs> Well, I love Mikey's house. It's got a pool. We don't really have to go anywhere. <laughs> and my dream job is to be a weatherman in Bakersfield. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be sunny today. It's <laughs> sunny tomorrow. Every time he comes, he's like, you guys even get clouds around here. Man, we saw clouds when we first came in. We are like, wow, man. A little overcast. That'd be something to talk about on the weather, man, right? There's some freaking clouds in the sky tonight. <laughs> you always say that, but my dream job is to be a weatherman in Bakersfield. That'd be awesome. But Mike's got a nice setup at his house. Shantice is awesome, and the kids, and our kids get along great. We just have a good time. So there was a Dodgers do. game, man. Dodger Stadium was so sweet. You know, it's still a historic stadium still around. You all know. you ever hear is the politics and the homeless in L.A. But I mean, I, if you look past that, everything else is great. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's why I just ignore it. I just don't look at my paychecks. I know how much I need to bring home. Yeah. That's what I bring home. And, you know, doing taxes is always tough, I'm sure, for everybody every year if you have to pay. But it's just part of the deal. I think California is a, a nice place to live outside of the politics for sure. Yeah. And the taxes and the BS that you got to deal with. But. Um, we, it's a beautiful, it's the most beautiful I think state it's, out, man. It's nice out here, man. Yeah. Yeah. Dodger Stadium was sweet. That was really nice. Got kids got to do the wave. That was, that was exciting. Yeah. And, you know, believe it or not, my kids are baseball players. They're little ballers, but that's their like second MLB game. Yeah. I and, like to go to all pro, pro boxing matches. That was another cool thing about Arturo Gotti. I got to go to his, his fights. Uh, we were at one fight where he fought, um, 
Gabriel Ruelas. And Gabriel, yeah. me and Arturo partied our ass off during that whole training. Arturo was known for partying. And um, the cool thing is it was Atlantic City. Joe DiMaggio was there. Yeah. That was real sweet to see him being the same. I mean, we're far away from him, but being the same place as Joe D. Yeah. And Arturo was getting beat up really bad. And everyone's like, man, it's your fault. And I'm over there like. <laughs> <laughs> and then he come up with a left hook and not and just lays the guy out. And this guy like killed people, man. Yeah. And, uh, laid him out. And we were just, it was just exciting. And Arturo's like, come to Atlantic City. We're going to go to the after party. He was always in the hospital after, <laughs> after every fight. So, but I got to see uh, one of the Mickey Ward fights, all three fights with, um, uh, he had a trilogy with another guy. I can't remember. Ivan Robinson. And then a couple other big fights that he had, but well, Rotor Gotti is known. Have you seen the movie The Fighter? That after that movie, The Fighter is when he fought a Toro Yeah, Gatti. that's when like the best three fights to ever watch ever in boxing. Yeah, in my opinion, I mean, you know, no, nah, it's they're up there, man, they're up there. Yeah, incredible, incredible rounds. And watch the documentary on Toro Gotti. It is one of the best documentaries in my opinion too. It's uh, and, and Pete got to, to witness a lot of that stuff. Yeah, and I got to meet his brother Joe Gotti. And he was in the he was in the Bronx Tale. Remember they went yeah. to the fights. Yeah, yeah. His brother was in the was one of the guys in the ring. Wow. But his hands were like this big, man. Like goddamn. The Toros. Like, yeah. No, his brother, uh, brother Joe. Joe. Yeah. 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 He was. He was. He was a big dude, man. So they're from rough dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Real nice guys, but I wouldn't want to piss them off, you know. No, uh, bo boxers' life is is if, if people don't know, <laughs> it's not really pretty. Yeah, most of them are. Yeah, they didn't, went through some shit to get where they're going, but shit, the Toro was a you know Olympian and all that, so so was a Sweet Pea. He was a gold medalist. Yeah, yeah, man, that was pretty cool. But now I got I got my my boys, my son PJ. He's got his own floor installation. He's doing business. great. Twenty one years old, has his own house. Yeah, he owns his own, own house. Business. I still don't own my own house yet. I mean, yeah. I qualify for one. I'm just waiting for this marketing app, you know, figure it out, but. But uh, my daughter Kayla's doing good, and uh, Casey, she's married, is lives in Texas. She's she'll be twenty eight in about another month. And uh, <clears throat> Ryan, Ryan's doing pretty good. And um, then I got my son, my stepson Chris. He's in the army. He's uh, he's in Hawaii. He's doing good. And uh, my my daughter Bianca, she uh, she just finally got her own place. You know, she was excited about that. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, my girl Isha, she'll be going into high school next year. Yeah, <laughs> and then Sophie's going in first grade, and then we got um, I got a new new son we just took in. He's three years old, little Wyatt. Little Wyatt yep. Yeah, we call him Quiet Wyatt, but he's not quiet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, man, life is good. Blessed, happy to be here. Can't believe I'm still here. So <laughs> yeah, I know, man. We got five more days, or it's gonna be awesome. We're up to my buddy's cabin and. And uh, say two hundred acres, we're gonna ride ATVs and and uh, shoot some guns and have some good good times well, like always. Cool. Man, one day we're have to get all five of us on here because when we get all five of us together and we also talk to each other every day. Say, yeah, I love you before we hang up. That's we're right. We're a very tight family, even though we're separated so far apart. So we came out pretty good. I feel like we're really great human beings as well, inside and out. And uh, we when we get together, what do we do? Just laugh hey, our ass yeah, off. Yeah, always <laughs> laughing. Well, uh, maybe we could uh, get together again and maybe go into some more detail and some stuff. But yeah, we'll start. This one's a little tough. It's, <laughs> it's not for everybody. 
you know, after we're done with the podcast, like, man, we kind of wish we would have gone a little deeper, you know, but well, you're, you're testing the waters right now. Yeah, it's all good. It's kind of PG. We went to some, some good yeah. stuff. But yeah, we'll do a part two and, uh, and go into some. <laughs> yeah, I really had a good time. More detail. I was a little nervous at first. Yeah. But I appreciate everything. That's freaking awesome, man. I think you're doing the work the right thing. This is nice. I know. We, so it started too. We talked about starting a podcast, getting it going, and and then we tried to meet so many different times. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you're always busy, booked, and it's hard to predict your future or schedule something, pencil something in a, a week in advance. But we actually did try this uh, long yeah, distance Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> and absolute disaster. Did you, you know about about that one? Okay. Okay. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, we just had so a guy. We got in boy our... Drew over here, you know, editing and host the place. Okay. So, anyways, that's who we're talking to. But Matt, Matt was here. That's uh, another guy okay, that was yeah. part owner. But yeah, it was embarrassing, man. It was. We watched it the other night, and it was, it was yeah tough to we just watch. Had somebody we're supposed to be me and Mikey doing like a video, video calling, uh, and this didn't work out that well. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and then that's how you schedule, you booked your flight out here. And got this going. So yeah. everything happens for a reason, no matter what it is, is the moral of the story, right? Not the last couple of days. I can't believe we made it. Had a good, good show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just I'll, had a good time, man. I'll leave you one last question, man. What? I mean, do you have anything else to say? And what legacy do you want to leave behind? Well, I never know what kind of legacy I want to leave. I just know what kind of legacy I don't want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the well, easiest. Like when I try to envision things that I want, like I don't. I don't know what I want. I just know what I don't want. You know, I just know what I don't want. I just don't want to be a bum. Right. That's it. And I work hard and um, it's good payoffs doing that. Just working hard and getting things done and making, and the money's the reward, reward, but just being not a bum is a great reward. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, that's, it's all perspective, man. That's actually a really good way to to lay it out right there. Yeah. I try to help people out the right people out because everyone needs help, but, no, it's funny when you start making money, the hands that come out and then you find out they're, they're BSing a lot. So I don't know. I'm just trying to help out the right people. Yeah. I try to help people that are trying to help themselves. Can't coach people that don't want to be coached. But other than that, life is good. God's blessed, blessed me. So and us. <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. Well, wait, we're doing good now. And see what a, what a, what a great time in our life to, to lay this down. I'd like to come out here once a year, man. I know. Let's do it. Yeah. Like I, I believe Maybe record, twice a year. recording this, man. I mean, who knows? Our, I can see your great grandchildren or great, great, great grandchildren will watch this one day and kind of get to learn and experience this chapter of our life and get a little, you know, history. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It is cool to have something documented. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, hey, love you, Pete, man. Hey, so you, proud Mike. of you. And I'm so happy we got to do this. I know. Thanks. I'm excited, man. That's I awesome. Know. Thank you. Give one a little hug. Come on, man. <laughs>